Welcome to Prepare, the Mercy Perinatal podcast dedicated to helping parents prepare for the journey of pregnancy, childbirth, and early parenthood. Mercy Perinatal would like to begin by acknowledging the Wurundjeri Woi Wurrung people, traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today, and also the traditional custodians of the lands on which you're listening from today. And we'd like to pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Prepare. I'm Dr. Rangi. And I am Ali, a midwife. And we're going to be talking about the very first step when you find out you're pregnant. So one of the most common questions you and I both get, Ali, from patients is, how do I find out if I'm pregnant? And then what do I do next? This question I've been asked so many times, girlfriends, patients, um, family members have asked, mm. what happens? Like I've been trying to get pregnant. What, and how what do, do I, I know? How do I know? What do I do now? The easiest way to find out if you're pregnant is obviously an at-home pregnancy test, yep. which is um, a stick that you can buy at supermarket chemist and you wee on it. Yep. And then it will tell you if you're pregnant or not. Mm-hmm. But I think the most important point for this period is that it can be really difficult because you're not guided by medical advice or anything. This is kind of the journey that you're doing on your own before you get into the hospital system or the midwifery system. Or That's um, right. So there's so many things that we can talk about here to make this journey easier for people mm. um, because power is knowledge. Yeah. So yeah. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so most people come with the question, I've just peed on a stick, what do I do? Mm. What happens? Yeah, well, I think the at-home pregnancy tests, you know, lots of people wonder, are they reliable? Uh Are there differences between the different brands? What about the digital versus the one or two lines? And I think the answer is they're both very similar. They're all the the same. same. Um, They're pretty reliable, over 99% accuracy in terms of the positive pregnancy test depending on when depending on when, when you do, it. You do yes. it that's right so I think the timing is the most important yep. thing it's relatively easier to know when to do it if you have a regular period mm-hmm. and we would recommend that you take the pregnancy test when you've missed your period yes because there are a lot out there that say that they can detect it early early yes um and I think one of the main misconceptions is yes they can detect that it's early but the accuracy of that is not at the 99% it's actually that's lower. right so if you are very early in your cycle and you do a pregnancy test and a negative does not necessarily mean that you're not pregnant mm-hmm. wait a couple of days because that hormone that is in your body once you're pregnant takes a little while Yep. That's right. Yeah. So we'd, we'd recommend repeating it Correct. if you're still wondering and it's negative. Yep. Yeah. So before we go into a sensitive topic, I just want to provide a little disclaimer that we are about to talk about pregnancy loss. So this can be really sensitive for a lot of people and quite distressing. So it's important to get help if required. And there are some amazing resources available in Australia for this, specifically SANS. Um, So they provide support for miscarriage, stillbirth and newborn death support. And they have a helpline available 24-7. So we're going to put all of that information in this podcast info box. So you've got that positive pregnancy test and this is one point that I want to make is before you book into the doctor or figure out what you're going to do next is I think it's important that if this is a welcome pregnancy, 
to let yourself be excited. Yes. Yeah. Even if that journey has been difficult for you or you've had recurrent miscarriage or this journey can be difficult in so many ways, but um, just let yourself be excited because this is a monumental time in your life and share it with your partner or share it with your friends. And there is often the discussion about when to let other people know. Mm. And that is really individual. It's very individual. And it's a difficult one for a lot of people. Yeah. So majority of the, um, I guess, the opinion out there is to not tell anybody else until you're 12 weeks mm. pregnant after you get past that first trimester, which I think is false. I don't, I don't believe in that. I think that you can tell people who you feel comfortable telling and that it's important to surround yourself with people that would provide you support if you found out that you weren't pregnant mm. or you had a miscarriage because that can be a really difficult and emotional time. And if you haven't told anybody that you're going through this journey, it's really difficult for them people to rally around you and support you during that time. So yeah. I often tell people that tell the people that you're pregnant who you would want to know if you had a miscarriage or you found out you weren't pregnant. Or, or any bad news or any correct pregnancy complications. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. I think you're totally correct. The first few weeks of pregnancy can be so isolating and scary yeah. because of that potential risk of pregnancy loss, but also often you're not feeling great and you've got nausea and vomiting, you're feeling tired and sometimes you've never felt these things before. Mm-hmm. You may not have had a medical appointment yet, yes. so you don't really know what's going on, yep. what's meant to go on, what's good, what's bad. So it's really helpful to have a good support system. Yep. Um, and, of course, for that, everyone is individual in that. That might just be your partner and that's totally fine if you feel like you don't want any more support outside mm-hmm. of that. But if you do have any other struggles, I think it's really helpful to tell the people closest to you, yep. as you said, yep. because, yeah, that early time can be quite isolating. Yeah. But I think I want to go back to, you've peed on the stick, you've let yourself be excited, you've told whoever you feel comfortable telling. Yes. Then the wait is on until you see um, a medical professional. That's right. So the first thing would be that you book in with your GP. You Mm -hmm. don't need to go and see your GP that afternoon. (laughs) It can be when they have their next appointment or, or waiting to see whoever you feel comfortable with. What happens at that first appointment, Rangi? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Sometimes you may have already been to see a GP if you've been trying to conceive and and maybe had a preconception visit, which I think we'll cover in a different episode Mm -hmm. in more detail. But I'd recommend you go and see the GP that you trust. Obviously, Um, let them know that you're pregnant. They'll probably ask you a little bit about your dates. So if you have a regular period, what was the first day of your last period? So they can try and calculate roughly when you might be due. Mm -hmm. So they can time appropriate investigations for you. Yep. They'll ask you about your medical history, um, any medications you're taking, and we'd always recommend that you take a pregnancy multivitamin that contains folate mm-hmm. whilst you're trying to conceive and in the first trimester. Why is folate so important? So folate is important to prevent neural tube defects or defects in the spine of the baby that can happen if there's a severe deficiency in folate. Not to say that you have to have it every single day for the whole pregnancy. Most of us have a fair amount of folate in our diet, but it is best to try and supplement if you can with a normal pregnancy supplement, which has 0.5 milligrams of folate. If you have other medical problems, you might need a higher dose, Mm -hmm. but your GP will advise you on that. Great. And then the GP will usually perform some blood tests, uh, which test your blood group. 
and antibodies, as well as the immunity you might have to certain infectious diseases Mm -hmm. that can be important in pregnancy, Um, as well as looking at your blood count, looking at anemia and some other things. And then the next thing they would do is talk to you about how you might want to be cared for in your pregnancy and organise an early ultrasound Yes. To check that the pregnancy is in the uterus uh-huh. and going well and there's no other complications. What date? So, so many people ask me that what kind of gestation is that first ultrasound at? Yes. So, I suppose it depends on when you find out you're pregnant. But yep. often if you've just missed your period and you find out you might be just over four yep. to five weeks pregnant. So, that dating scan can be anywhere between five to nine weeks, yep, really. Yeah. Um, so as soon as you can mm-hmm. is ideal. Mm-hmm. It's not a huge stress if you don't get it straight away, but I think as soon as you can is yep. the best. Yep. Okay. And then in terms of models of models care, models of care, for this is a big one. We're going to have a full episode on models of care because yes. there are so many amazing services in Australia yes. that a lot of people don't realise. Yeah. So we can just briefly kind of go over models of care, and then later on we'll do cover them in more depth. Cover them in more depth. Yep. So the GP would refer you to a hospital and is that usually the hospital that you go to via postcode or yes. I guess it depends if you're public or private? That's right. If you go through the public hospital system, yep. it is usually through postcode mm-hmm. unless you have an established relationship with that maternity hospital in the past for whatever reason and you're no longer in that catchment. Yep. But yes, normally it would be via postcode. Yes. And, and that makes sense for multiple reasons, also for ease and convenience for you, yes. particularly when it comes to having your baby, you don't really want to be too far away from the hospital. Yep. And then how does the referral system work in the private system? Yeah, so very similar. The GP would still refer you to your private practitioner, obstetrician mm-hmm. or midwife, whoever it is you choose. It probably would be an earlier appointment often Yes, with that person. Yep. Yeah. And this is interesting for me as well because I've only ever practised midwifery in the public system. Mm. So in the private system, how early do you usually go and see a doctor for your first visit? Usually after your dating scan. Okay. Probably between eight and ten weeks. Okay, so earlier than in the public system. Yes. Which public system average gestation that you would go and see them can kind of be from 14 weeks onwards. Yeah. Sometimes as late as like 18, 20 weeks. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally not that late, but sometimes it can be. Yeah. Because it can get quite busy. And I think that that is a really anxious time for women Mm. is that you're waiting so long. That's right. You're often having these early pregnancy symptoms Sometimes you're not having any early pregnancy symptoms at all. You get that first dating scan. And then is there another ultrasound from then? There's usually another ultrasound between 12 and 13 weeks to check the early anatomy of the baby. So Mm -hmm. check all the body parts are forming normally before the formal, what we call the morphology scan, which has been 20 and 22 weeks. And the other thing that the GP will also talk to you about is screening for what we call aneuploidy. Mm -hmm or where there's more than two sets of one chromosome in the baby, such as Down syndrome. And the chance of having that will increase depending on multiple things, but mainly your age. And there's multiple tests that you can get, which we can cover in a different episode in more detail, which involve either just a blood test or a blood test and an ultrasound. So that's something that the GP will talk to you about too, because often that test is best done early on before you see your either private practitioner or hospital. Yep. 
In summary, we've spoken about that this time can be quite isolating. It's important to reach out to a support network. There's things such as folate and diet that you can focus on. Something that is really important is developing a good relationship with a GP. So many people nowadays just book in to see whoever they can when it comes to a GP. And I know that it can be really difficult to see a GP, but it will provide you so much support having a regular GP during this time. Having a relationship with somebody that you trust when this time can be quite anxiety provoking will really help. And during that early pregnancy period, not only will your GP start that initial consultation, which will involve all of your antenatal bloods, referring you to scans, sending a referral to your hospital, but they will also be able to provide you reassurance of what is normal during pregnancy. And I think that that is really good to have somebody that you trust that can provide you with that information as reassurance that everything is okay. That's right. Or be there if things are not okay. Mm -hmm. So Rangi, that was great in providing detail about what to do when you first find out you're pregnant and I think the next I need to say stop saying I think I know the next episode (laughs) we're going to cover what is antenatal care sounds great thanks Ellie see you then everyone's pregnancy is unique the information provided in this podcast is for educational and general purposes only it is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice It is important that you always seek the guidance of your doctor or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health, your pregnancy or any medical conditions.